three, two, one. What is up? It is Wednesday. This is what I do with my hand when our song plays. It just moves. <laughs> it's a xenomorph. I used to do that. Hand. I actually used to do that to my brother. We were kids. I'd go, oh no, it's happening. And he would know. The first time, obviously, he had no clue what I was yes. talking about. But after a while, I'd go, it's happening. And he'd be like, don't you do it. If you hit me, I'm going to punch you so hard because he's my big brother. And I'm like, I can't, oh. I can't help it, Matt. I can't help it. So you were a puncher. Oh, yeah. See, ours was the claw, like the claw machines. It's like, the claw is coming for you. I still do that, actually, to my uh, kids and my niece and nephew. Well, your kids deserve it, though. Hey, What's pop culture? Sure. Um, so, yeah, so we have a big show, so we're just going to dive right in. Um so we were at a convention this past weekend, and uh, it was just a one-day show. It's about an hour from here. Uh, it was a nice little show. There was only like what five dealers. It was. It was, it was Lexington. Larry puts on a nice little little show. It's literally in the middle of nowhere, but it's great to go up there uh, and help it. So you know, we always, you know, they had some good dealers. He always does. And, yeah. And. There was some good stuff, and Andy and I went shopping. Yes, we did. I uh, We're not going to run through everything. I'm just going to hold my smattering like this. These are uh, Batmans, early Batmans, and Detective... What are you knocking over? Everything. Damn it. Uh, early Batmans and Detective Comics, and they all have one thing in common, in that they are all drawn by the very awesome Don Newton... I, uh, I love Don Newton's artwork, so I am in the midst of collecting every issue of Batman and Detective he did. Sad that he didn't do a ton, so I can actually collect them all. Um, it would have been nice if he did more. He unfortunately passed away in the early 80s at a young age. I think he was only like uh, 42. Yeah, early 40s. Yeah, he was early 40s when he passed away, but he's just a phenomenal artist. I think he's one of the best Batman artists so uh, that sums up what I got pretty nicely. Bunch of Batman. Actually, two issues of Batman and one, two, three, four, five, six issues of Detective. I think I've only got five or six issues to go, and I will have uh, all the Don Newton Batman work that he did. So that is, uh, that's my, my stash. I am a lot more eclectic in terms of what I pick up. I have so, a mission. Uh-oh. When I go. And that was the oh, mission. Oh, yeah. You, you do. You do. That was the I, mission. I have things that I have holes that I always have to fill. So I'm always on the lookout for it. But I always find things. You know, Hogan's Heroes. You know, photo cover. It is Love Hogan's Heroes. What was the actor's name again for, for the main character? Bob Kane. Bob Kane. I wonder if that has any of the kinky stuff Bob would do in it. Remember, you know, you know. Yeah, him, right? yeah. I, I don't think they would have put that into, into the comic book. It's uh, it's another one you don't want to try to open. No, um, I'm not going to. But it's it's 
it's just classic. My wife loves Hogan's Heroes. I love Hogan's Heroes. I saw it. I'm like, you know what? I don't own any of the Hogan's Heroes. I had to pick it up. Yeah, what the heck. Happy Days. That's issue number two. I picked up number one about two or three cons back. And I'm like, yeah, if I can find some nice looking Happy Days. Come on. Who doesn't love the Fonz? Yeah. Sunday, Monday, Happy Days. Tuesday, Wednesday, Wolverine. Anybody know why that's a fun little comic book? Because it's Wolverine. It is. But it's actually, theoretically, the first appearance of X-23 in the test tube. So, you know, it's always fun. It's a book that always seems to get a little bit of heat on it. If I can find a book for like that for five bucks, I'll always pick it up. Oh, it's just five bucks. For five bucks, for me, that was just kind of a no-brainer. Larry, of course, everybody knows this is what I'm putting in. Woo! Star Trek. Two more of my gold key Star Treks he had. So he picked up another collection. So I'm working on it, baby. Working on it. Now, this book I took a lot of crap from Andy on. Jesus Christ, because you're gay. Kool-Aid Man! Nice. Come this, on. Is, this is the day Dennis comes out of the closet. His wife is actually his beard. He bought Kool-Aid Man. You know I is, literally right? bought Kool-Aid Man. You know, you know what the term beard means, right? When a guy has a beard for a wife? Uh, no. You don't? No. Seriously? No. Oh, it means and if we get a means, strike, that's what it, it means. You're gay, and she's your wife, as in your beard, to show that you're not gay. Wow, you you because of Kool Aid Man. I'm telling you, Kool Aid Man. I had all of these Kool Aid Man comics as a kid. Oh uh, yeah, issue is, eighty. Issue number eighty. Go out and get it, or I have one right here. I'll sell you for ten. Ten dollars and fifty cents. Come on, if you guys don't like Kool-Aid, man, I can't help it. I had those as a kid. They were giveaways. So you, there were different ways to get them, but, you know, you'd have to that save is, up the UPCs and send them in. That just, I, I had, got rid of them all. I had underoos as a kid. Guess what I don't have I anymore? I, I did, too. See? I had Yoda. So sometimes you don't need stuff that you had as a kid. You let it go. But, or you recollect it. Nice. Sorry. Dan DiCarlo, I'll give you that Dan DiCarlo cover art. So Come Dan's on. a good artist. Cool, so. man. Marvel Special Edition. You should have come through with the paper. That's right. That's what you should have done. You know what? Way to we, let the we, show we, down. If, if Andy had paper here, I would have. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, now that was more like Macho Man right oh. there. Now, this one is a good – this was in a really nice shape. It's the Marvel yeah, Special. Nice. They're reprints, but it was in nice shape, so, you know, I kind of did that. Oh, only two pieces. Marvel Presents, The Guardians. You know, I, I I already had that one. That's not a first appearance or anything. It's just no, no, no. It's just a good storyline. Quasar number one. Come on. Wendell Are you Vaughn. kidding me? You seriously bought a Quasar number one? Yeah, for three bucks. I needed to buy something for the guy. I felt kind of bad. and. You know, I already got Quasar number one, but, you know, so that's you, fine. You already have it as well. Uh-huh. So you, why did you need it? Did I you buy other I things from need it. Yeah, I bought a couple other things. Like this one, Battle of the Planets. Now, that is cool. Seven's Arc 7. Come on. Come on. Love Battle of the Planets. So I was thrilled to get this one, the Gold oh, yeah. Key, issue number three. 
you don't see these very much. It's not like they're expensive books. No, but, you know, that, you just don't. No, see that's them. not true. Some of these Battle of the Planets I've seen are like upwards of twenty bucks. Okay, like I said, not expensive books. Oh, shut up. Yeah, dude, Absorbing Man. Look at on that. On the cover right there, beautiful Jack Kirby, Vinnie Coletta. Yeah, that is, it was just a good issue. Like I said, it was in good shape. Yeah, no, this is nice. Come on. I Buck agree. Rogers, number seven. I'm trying to uh, finish off that little series. So this one wasn't in great shape, but it did fill a hole and... I really do want to get all the Buck Rogers that were, you know, based off of the, the TV show. My buddy Chris came over this weekend. We did a, a whole charcuterie board of all that cheese and bratwurst. And he brought over and he's got a the the Buck Rogers um, fighter. And it is full size where you can fit Buck and Tweaky or, or Wilma in it with all the decals. It was great. It was a 3D printed one that he bought from a guy that does them fantastic. Oh, I mean, that's yeah, just great Just when stuff. I thought he couldn't get any gayer. Here comes the next one. Come on. Seriously. You. We're having words after this show. <laughs> Come on. A-Team. Another one I had oh, it, when man. I was a kid. Gold Keys of Whitman's. I thought you already bought a number one at the A-Team. No. This was my I swear. I thought no, you did. There's no way you thought that. I seriously thought you already had this. No. I did years ago, and I when I got rid of Purge, some stuff that was on it, I should have just kept it because I always liked no, it. You were right Mr. T, it. I pity the fool. I pity the fool who don't buy my comic books. Keep now, now on my, I'm not going to get up and get them, but I will say that I can't really give you shit for it because on my spin rack next to my desk, I do have the Mr. T comic. But I have it because Neil Adams drew it. Oh, that's because it's Mr. T and the T-Force, that yeah, one, That's right? right, and Neil Adams drew it. So yeah, that, that is true. I that pity the fool that looks at my junk. I, I I don't. I am just looking at my comics. Look at that. This one is the adventure. Yep, adventure comics. Planet of the Apes. Now come on, there's got to be some Planet of the Ape fans well, out yeah. there. Love Planet of the Apes <laughs> issue number two. Um, I didn't have it. I'm like kind of need to for the price. But you had number one. No, so now I'm going to collect the whole thing. Well, you didn't have a number one, otherwise I would have bought it. See, that's where we differ. I would have been like, oh, no number one. Guess I'm not getting number two then. You you eventually will get number one. You just got to get what, I mean, how often do you see that version? You don't. No, that's true. Come on, Mile, Marvel that's Milestone. It is a not a great shape one, but it is an X-Men, even though it's a reprint, and I've got many versions of it. I don't have that particular one. I'm a completist. I'm bad. Heroes Return, Fantastic Four. Alan Davis, good stuff. Yep. I found out I already had that one, too, so that's a double. Yeah. That's okay. I still do, too. And I guess my big purchase was... Why is that a big one? It was G.I. Joe. Uh, that was because that's got the uh, the anniversary, 25th anniversary border on there. It's right. kind of, It's been popping now. Um, and it's the news, the newsprint edition. So there was the direct edition, which oh, was 18 was bucks. And it was 25 bucks. I got that one from, uh, from Warren. And, uh, you know, again, I used to have the entire GI Joe run. I'm slowly starting to pick it up. Just like I had all the transformers, all the Thundercats, the silver Hawks, the visionaries, you know, that type of stuff. But do you have the silent? issue of G.I. Joe number 21. Not anymore. I don't have any. I'm starting to now collect them again. And I, again, 
if, if, if current me could go back in time and slap younger at that time me around, I just wouldn't have got rid of any. Well, you know, Dennis, current Andy can slap current Dennis if you like. That would be true. <laughs> that would be true. Although current Dennis slaps back. Oh. <laughs> I gotta say, what would this be in really nice condition? Because just taking it out, twenty-five, the way the pages are and stuff. Yeah, this I thing know. must be a lot more. I probably no, I kind of overpaid for it. Oh, that's and a Mike's that's cover, okay, though. Warren. If you're watching, yeah, I overpaid for you, so have a burger on me. Have a burger on me. Yeah, but I got this island. But that was some pretty fun stuff. Snake Eyes is picking yeah. up steam. He is. Well, that's like that silent issue, man. I've seen that thing go really go up in price, and I yeah. got it a few years back for it was still like forty five, fifty bucks when I bought it. Yeah, it's almost double that now. Yep, yep. So, so anyway, that's what we picked up. We didn't get anything earth shattering, although I yeah, did. Batman's by Don Newton. That's pretty freaking earth shattering. So I, I got a couple of good ones. My I had sent a couple out, and you guys didn't know because I didn't mention it in my podcast, in, in any of them. Oh, my shirt don't hurt. This is the Greg Horn. This is Aliens number one. I'm just trying not to get glare on it. Came back a 9.6. I love this cover. Um, you know, I really enjoyed. Uh, you know, I've got the... In uh, you, I got his cover. Nine um, six though. I mean, honestly, you should be ashamed of yourself. I know, right? Nine six. And then I did get this one came back a little bit better. What we were expecting, nine eight. We thought both of them were going to come back nine eights. So I have to go read the graders' notes. But these are beautiful covers. I loved it. Uh, Bird City comic exclusive. Um, you know, Greg Horn had done them, and you know, it's just it looks great. I, I loved it, so I, I was thrilled to get these back. So um, when we when we did the big brat and cheese fest, he brought them over, and I finally got them back. So pretty happy. So over the weekend, Dennis had that brat and cheese fest, and he was cutting a lot of cheese. I was. <laughs> I was. We did the Carolina Reaper cheese, the scorpion pepper cheese. We had some heat on this cheese. What is the going rate for grading? What do you mean? What does it cost to grade a book? So if it's a if it's a current book like a modern, you know, figure figure you're probably going to spend about forty bucks, uh, you know, to get it on a modern. If you start dealing with the older ones when you're dealing pre, I think it's like seven nineteen seventy six. It starts to get quite a bit pricier. So the older the book, you know, so. Yeah, so for the modern stuff, then you can expect about 40, 40 bucks. And, and if you want to fast track it, it's what, like another 20, 25. Right. So, you know, depending on if you're trying to get them in for a show or something like that, most of us, we're just not going to do it because I, you know, I'm, I'm not buying these, just turn around and sell them. Nope. Uh, all right, let's add this to the stream. It's shell time. Uh, guys, First Man 2, Volume 2, Learning Curve is officially launched. Uh, we are picking up steam with the campaign. If you haven't backed it yet, please do. Let's watch the video together. Oops. Of course, I clicked uh, the thing on that screen, not this one. I've seen the dancing they like that dancing? I do. It's like a seizure. Mm -hmm. I can't hear this, can I? Yeah. 
tone because <laughs> it, it's starting to remind me of Julie Louise Dreyfus from Seinfeld doing the dance. That, that's that, that's what your dancing reminds me of. You got nothing on MC Hammer. Can't touch this. Can't touch this girl. Who's that guy? You know we're gonna find out as soon as you finish it. Yeah, it is. First Man 2, Learning Curve is the title of the story. Luke Henry has to learn how to become a superhero, learn how to use his powers, and juggle school life as well. He's a college freshman, lives with his mom and dad. They're the only people that know about this secret that he's a superhero. The Fourth World Foundation comes a-calling because they created this being called Adonis, and they need First Man's help. Or do they? So, guys, check it out. There's another Bart Sears variant cover if you're into that. The book itself is 25. Bart's is 35. You can get one and two for 50 if you missed volume one. So, guys, check it out. The more we, the higher it goes, the more stretch goals get unlocked, the more free stuff you get with the book. So, there it is, people. There whoop, whoop. it is. Woohoo! Let's get a whoop whoop. Get a whoop whoop. Oh no, you know what we need. What do we need? We now, yeah, now we, we do. do. Oh yeah. Yeah, people love it. You can be one of those in the crowd cheering. All right, let's uh we got a lot of stuff to cover. We're gonna burn through the books that came out this week. It is Wednesday, so what did the boys get? Now that you saw what we got in our road trip. Now we get to see what we got this week. Andy, which one did you get? I got nothing this week. Um, Whoa. Uh, it's a sad tale. I was going to get Shazam number one. I love Shazam. Uh, I often reference Shazam as an influence for First Man with the whole Billy Batson changing. Luke Henry changes in the First Man. Anyhow, I flipped through it. Funny thing, it's a number one issue of Shazam. Uh, I think it's a limited series, but it doesn't matter. It's a number one issue, and Shazam is on, like, four pages of the story, and that's it. The rest is Billy Batson and the Teen Titans make a cameo. And I'm like, hey, you want to hook a reader? How about you put Shazam on uh, two-thirds of the pages right? and Billy Batson on the other third? Not the other way around. You know, the title of the book is not Billy Batson. It's Shazam number one, and the funny thing is I picked it up because I also like Shazam, and the B cover was fantastic. And I'm like, oh, I picked it up off the shelf. I'm like, yep, I'm picking this up. I love this cover. I says, I want to see who, who Shazam's going to be fighting in this. So I started flipping through it, and I'm like, Where, where's Shazam? And I'm like, oh, my God, bait and switch. And I'm like, so I also then turned around and went, whoop, set it right back down. I'm like, yep, I don't need this Shazam series. So I checked out immediately. Yeah, DC, that's not a way to hook the reader. Yeah, so anyhow, so uh, Thor annual, that's a Dennis. Yep, Thor oh, versus yes. Thor. I mean, uh, we're, I'm going to be curious to see where where what what this is. It's it's a it's a one off. It's an annual. You know, I don't mind annuals. I've kind of 
collected them over the years. So as long as it's a good story, I don't care that it doesn't actually tie in. Somebody's getting a beatdown. Thor versus Thor. Yeah. Which Thor wins? Marauders. Eh, it's an X title. Yeah, Marauders has still been been pretty decent. I've liked it. It's been one of my my, my favorites on it. New Mutants kind of. Uh, it really still holding its steam. You know, we're, we're going to see where this one, with this one goes. This kind of cover kind of reminds me of the Bill. That's what I was uh, going to say. It's, it's very Bill St. Kevin. Yes, it very much is, which, of course, I absolutely love that run of it when when, when he did it and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, New Mutants, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll find out. I'm going to get caught up with it. Moon Knight number one came out. So, um, yeah. Let's find out what is Marvel going to do with Moon Knight. Is it finally going to be worthy of the exorbitant price that that Moon Knight commands for not even having a movie yet? That's right. Guardians, you're always sticking with that. Yeah. 16 in. That so. has been fun. It's been enjoyable. I'm going to keep up with it as long as they keep doing a good job with it. Uh, aliens, of course. Al- now, this Alien. has been a very solid, and and I love that cover. Yeah, I, nice. I wound up doing, um, uh, this cover was really good again. The story's been good. The art's been really good. I mean, this has been Marvel, to my surprise, has done a really good job. They let them go with this and, and do good creative work in there. So, so kudos. Oh, Radiant Black, nice and tiny. Yeah, wow, that is. That's been an incredibly fun book. We get to find out who is under the black, Radiant Black mask in this one, or the red mask. So, you know, there was a big twist that I'm not going to reveal here. Uh, a couple of issues ago, changed the entire direction of this book. They did a good job with it. Nice. Oh, my God, Dennis, what are you doing to me? These were standard. I don't know why. Of course, I'm surprised you didn't pick this one up, X-Men, X-Men Legends. No, I'm off the bandwagon of X-Men Legends. I like Todd's artwork, but, you know. It's Peter David. I know. This one takes place, I think, between issues 75 and 76 of of X-Factor. So, you know what? I love that kind of stuff. I don't mind it as long as they write it well, and I think they will. So, I've enjoyed it so far. All right, let's shrink it back. Bye. The incredible shrinking book. Oh, good lord. What is going on this week? I don't know. It's all the same. I don't know what you did. Well, the many deaths of Layla Starr have been a a kind of a surprise hit. Um, I'm going to be doing a full review, getting everybody uh, caught up to steam when we get back from our convention this weekend. Ooh. Yeah, that's been good. Not small enough yet. Got to get it right back down to the size. All the way down. Look at that. Yep. It is. It's like Ant Man. There. Oh, oh my God! They've all something happened in the in the conversion. Shadecraft. Another solid book um, dealing with some the supernatural. Um, something happens after death. This has been a a mildly surprising good book. So another one that I've already done a full review. I'll be doing another one um, up to date on that one. Yeah, something happened in the conversion to all of them. Yes, it Marjorie did. Finnegan, I actually didn't get it. I was supposed to. It got shorted, so I'm very bummed about that one. Um, I've I've got the first two. Uh, loved it. This has been a very fun book. So, yep, I'm in on this one on the long haul. 
So Tony figures he's going to get the other ones back this next week. So I'll have it, uh, you know, very soon. Nice. Uh, Vampirella, we know you bought it for the cover. Yeah, yeah. you bought it for the cover. It's Which Perillo. is fine. This guy's a fantastic cover artist. So if you're going to collect something for the cover, this is definitely a good one. I'd love to own the original art on these just because oh he's God. just so good. It's so nice. I wouldn't have enough wall space. It's so nice. We could buy one. You have enough wall space. Silver City. Another interesting concept, again, dealing with the afterlife. Um, I've done a, I did the a quick flip and a full review on it. This has been very fun. I've really enjoyed this. Uh, Dennis, what do you think of Usagi Yojimbo 20 that came out weeks going to second print with the first appearance of a major character? I see it going for up to 30 bucks. Really? I yeah, no I I ditched all my Usagi stuff. I've got a, a couple of uh, guys that I know that are huge into it. I, again, I it's know. one of these, and the right now the market is being driven by speculators. So if there's any major book that has a new major character, it the books just go off the shelf. I mean, people are speculating, and even if there's a rumor or a thought that uh, uh, a new character is going to come out, they're going to buy it, and they're just going for stupid money. Now, one or two things will happen. If it winds up being a really cool character, the book will continue to go up, and it'll be worth picking it up. If it winds up being, if you remember, like when Marvel did all like the, I think it was an extinction when they did all of those um, annuals and they came out with all those new characters, they were all stupid and they are, they're all, you can find them in the dollar bins now. So it, it could go either way. We don't know. Um, I don't know who it is because I haven't been reading it. Um, there you go. I should because it actually isn't bad, but I, I just don't anymore. Project Patron. Another, I have really enjoyed this for a superhero book. It's got one hell of a twist, then you guys can get caught up on my full review I did on it. Um, I love where this is going. What a cool twist, and it's it's a good, it's a good, interesting, whodunit type superhero book. And I will say the artwork is really nice. I'm actually going to get it and trade paperback so I can read it in one sitting. The artwork looks phenomenal, so uh, yeah. So there you have that. Uh, Bermuda is a new book by uh, John Lehman and Nick Bradshaw. We all know him from Chew, and uh, we all know Nick from, of course, the Wolverine and yeah, from the Marvel stuff. This is interesting. Um, there, we all know that you know the Bermuda Triangle, where you know all the planes and ships and people tend to disappear. Well, where, where do they go once they go through? Well, apparently, there's an island and there's a uh, 16-year-old uh, girl who lives on this uh, island and she's a survivor and it's all about where they show up but something is strange is happening and it's going to be the story uh, of her on this island dealing with all of this so it's an interesting concept because there are times where we've been like where does that ship actually go when it disappears? Does it actually go somewhere, another dimension? We don't know. This is going to explore a, a thought, a little story on it. So I picked it up. I like the artwork. So, you know, it's. I'm hoping it's good. There you go. Now, another one that I wasn't even on my list. I looked through it today. I like the artwork, and I kind of flipped through it. 
It's um, I I just like the way that it was done. The it's basically going to be about a guy who can heal people, but when he heals them, you know, he just doesn't take away like if you've got a cut or an injury. He almost absorbs it. He siphons off their pain, but it affects him. Um, it, he he takes their misery and absorbs it, but then he has to deal with the consequences of it. So it's an interesting concept. It's not like it's brand new, but I want to see where they go with it. This could be a really cool book, or maybe not. We'll find out. Oh, Dennis likes this book because it deals with lesbians. Ah, the the artwork is good in this book. The artwork, I, I joking aside, the artwork in this book is really, 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 really nice. Yeah, and it fits. You know, this is this is the problem I have with with Marvel. Not all their books, but some of them is they'll take an artist like this, who is this. The art in this book is fantastic. Uh, I think it's a woman that draws it, and it fits the story. But Marvel will take an artist like this and go, oh, yeah, you can draw superhero stuff. And no offense, but I don't want to see superheroes that look like this. But for this story, I think the art is perfectly matched up. Yep. The story, I, I think this is probably going to be my last issue on it. I'm going to do a full review on it. Even on my other reviews that I've done up to this point, it's been very mixed on it. I mean, it's dealing with... You know, it's it's a lesbian. She starts dealing with, you know, moving in. It's her experiences and things like that. There's some interesting stuff on it. And I thought, ah, you know, it, it's, it, it, it is marketed towards the LBGTQ. And, you know, it started off pretty interesting. And then, you know, what happens if certain things happen? They go to San Francisco. Ah, it was supposed to be this really funny comedy um, with forbidden love type of thing, not my normal type of a book. And, but the first one I thought was pretty well done. Yeah. It's kind of doing this. I, I I'm going to read this one, but I'm probably going to be done after this. Uh, the artwork is by, cause it says her name on the cover. I'm just going to get my mouse back over here. Uh, Elisa Romboli and Clay said the artwork is very, very nice. Yeah. So, so there's that. Uh, let's move on to, announced uh war or uh, what is it? oh armor wars armor right? wars so if you guys haven't seen the announcement yet because don cheadle's got an emmy nomination and stuff like that and now they are they are going to begin the armor wars um series i thought it was going to be a movie but it looks like it's going to be a series um i'm an iron man fan have been i loved the armor wars Silver Centurion armor, still my favorite armor. I absolutely love this time frame, uh, a period of Iron Man. So I am crossing my fingers that this winds up being a really good show. They, they takes a lot of the source material, hopefully to heart, and that they don't try and change too much of it. I'm, I'm excited for the but prospect that they could do a good job with it. It's so far off, though, because didn't he say, because we watched a little video clip, didn't he yeah. say they start filming it next year? Well, yeah. Which so means that they film they're in, it. They're in pre-production right now right. Of, but, of, of the writings. And well, what I'm saying is if they're not filming this till 2022, this thing's not coming out till 2023 probably. Yeah. So it's, quite, it's, a, it's a ways off. Yeah. It's a ways off. So, yeah. Yeah. 
lots can happen. I could become rich, and then who cares? Yeah. Uh, Black Widow, um, what an interesting, you know, if you guys want to see our review, you can go back and see our, our Black Widow review and everything like that. Um, Check this. Black Widow ticket buying suddenly drying up, growing questions for Disney's Marvel about what did it end. You know, I told Dennis earlier in the week, I said, did you see how much Black Widow dropped off? I think the opening weekend was a couple hundred mil, and it dropped down to 26 million bucks for yep. a second weekend. Freaking that crap Space Jam with LeBron James beat it. Oh, and that, so, so a couple things on that. So, yeah, it was 200 million total, 80 million domestically. And and eighty million domestic is still really good. It is good in two hundred million total, especially being in we we can call it the current slash post pandemic era. Right, that was a really good take, you know. Um, and I thought, wow, obviously people like the movie a little bit better than than I did. I said, wow, if we two holds up with these numbers, I think Marvel's got their groove back. And I'm I'm you know I was kind of serious on this. Lo and behold, Marvel, um, going into week two, Black Widow uh, was expected to be the number one hit. Yeah. And it dropped down to number two because it dropped 67%. Uh, earned $26.25 million, which was exactly right behind Space Jam. Now, I know quite a few people that went and saw Space Jam, and they hated it. Absolutely hated it. So, yeah. Uh, just a friendly reminder that ScarJo is just a gender swap. Young Christopher Walken. Check it out if you haven't seen it. What? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Now either. you have peaked in yeah. interest here. What, what is that? Send a link if you can. Yeah. Pop, pop, a, <laughs> pop a link or something. That's got to be a YouTube thing. I don't know. Um, I have not seen that, but... Yeah. I know some people are chalking it up to Disney streaming it at the same time. So people... Because I know a few people that watched it and paid for it on the Disney plus they paid the 30 bucks um to watch it uh we didn't we went and saw it in the yeah. theater Courtney and I you know Dennis saw it in the theater too it's one of the first times he was out of state so we didn't see it at the same time it'll blow your mind <laughs> um I now I gotta see I know it. I can't wait um so you know I think Disney streaming it might have had some impact on the second week I don't think it had a 67% drop impact. I really think that once word got out about the gender swap and a taskmaster, spoiler alert, um, it just annoyed people. It annoyed fans to the point of saying, you know what? It'll be on Disney regular streaming within a, probably a few months. I'll just wait. Yeah. You know, I'll just wait. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think there's truth to that because – Going back to our review again, I gave it a 6.5. I thought Act 1 was fantastic. Act 2 was Marvel. Act 3 was crap. And it, the crap is at the end of the, the movie, and it left a bad impression in my mouth. And I even said, I don't need to see this again. I, I especially don't need to right. purchase this. This will be the first Marvel movie that I have not purchased. And, and that, unfortunately, is... is where I'm, I'm kind of sad, but I don't see this movie. Uh, I don't know. Do you even see it surpassing 500 million? 
Not anymore. No. I just can't. Because if it hit 26 this weekend, second weekend, man, the weekend coming up in a few days, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's probably down to 15. Yeah, because the single biggest drop, second week drop in Marvel history was Ant-Man and Wasp. And I liked that movie. Yeah, that was good. And that had a 62% drop. So, yeah, this is 5% worse. And, um, you know, it could have been... they had an extra year and a half. They could have done so much more with it. They went with a particular um, agenda formula. Well, they got what they got, and I'm bummed because I probably will not be buying this in anymore. And we'll see. This may not bode well for Phase Four for me. Well, the thing is, like, so I don't know if you heard this, but supposedly all the TV shows on Disney Plus, you know, Loki and and uh, WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. There are no plans to put those on DVD because Disney just wants to keep them streaming. They'll keep so it people, streaming. Yep. So people have to pay for the streaming. Yep. So yep. I thought that was uh, interesting. Well, and I think this topic ties re- very well into um, kind of the our, our next little topic here, and that is going to be Loki. Loki. We finished Loki. Um, we, we had to, we have to at least talk about the finale of Loki and I've got a feeling you and I are going to be on opposite ends of it. Cause my brother and I were sure. We're you and I are, no, I don't think so. I, oh. I, I thought the ending was great. The ending was definitely the best part. Um, oh, hyper Kaiju. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you for joining. Um, no, I thought the, the, I thought the ending was fantastic. There is going to be spoilers. It looks like it was Kang. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. But, man, that that diatribe in the middle of Loki and uh, what's-her-face? I'm so bad with names. What's her name? Uh, female Loki. Female Sylvie. Loki. Sylvie. Loki, Sylvie, and basically Kang just sitting there in the dude's office talking for the middle of the show. Oh, my God. So I wanted to eat a bullet. I'm so boring. I, I was I almost fell asleep uh, after Endgame. I'm out. Uh, I would have told younger me that I'd be spoiled with superhero stuff. And I'm walking away. Um, if I was body swap, guess the new body is working out well. You know, I I think we're kind of there with you on this, and I know we might be in the minority on this. It depends. When I, I mean, was, I'm my not take, giving up on it. My take on it was this. It reminded me I was bored to tears. It was so boring. And it, at first, I was like, it's Star Wars episododes one, two, and three when the Senate, oh, we're just going to sit around and talk about well, it. Was, it was so much exposition. And you're like, if this was a comic book, well, comics have actually, some comics have gone this way where it's just people talking instead of showing right and then they get away with no we showed remember he made those little dancing creatures on the desk so you could see the backstory it's like give me a break but put the book put the money into it and actually show stuff show flashback stuff but then as towards the end as it kept it they kept explaining things to us i don't want to be mansplained no you know what it was i changed my mind instead of being bored in star wars it was the Matrix Reloaded when they got to the core and the old guy was sitting there and he was explaining about how you're actually a glitch and how this is oh, working. Right. And I went, oh, my God, this is the Matrix Reloaded. 
he is the the old white-haired guy that's been sitting in there you know in control and he's tired of it he's old i'm like oh my god it's almost the same story plot right and i'm like and i had that was my least favorite matrix movie and here it was in in loki man it was awful and he wants the money shot hashtag confirm you're damn right i do <laughs> um like i said the ending was good and it, it will bring me back for season two because i liked how you know uh Morpheus Owen Wilson didn't know who Loki was because of the time stream. He was on a different time. I thought that was really cool. It's just that the middle of it, second act, was just bad. I read old back issues instead of watching this new stuff. Hyper Kaiju, you missed the beginning of the show, brother. At the show over the comic show over the weekend, I was filling up with my Batmans by Don Newton collection you'll have to go back and watch and see what we got at the shows you'll like the old comics except for kool-aid man no you'll, you'll like hate Kool-Aid, that. man no, you'll hate it um so yeah so i i don't know man i don't give he uh, i don't even know if i want to here's my issue with this it it there were all of these questions the only thing that was actually explained was Oh, Kang's coming. It's unleashing many versions of Kang. So no matter what happens in it, we know we're getting different versions of Kang. Good Kang, bad Kang, and different Kang. Who knows? But none of the other threads, that all the question marks we had were actually answered. They just are basically saying, here, stay tuned for, for, for season two. Then there's the after credit scene that I'm like, okay, well, maybe it'll do more. I love the ending where we got to see it, King, and how it's going to bloom everything into it. I liked that. Right. But then it was like, okay, here's the after credit scene. Stamp. Loki's returning in season two. I, I'm, I'm just done. I'm just yeah. done. I was bored. However, like I said, we're in the minority because 1.9 million U.S. households streamed the season finale, which is the best for any of the Marvel shows right now. So people yeah, enjoyed but, it. No, not necessarily. Well, because I, well, no, here's why I say that. Because you and I streamed it, and we're bitching about it right now, but we're in that group. So how many people – oh, wow, is that for the whole season? So to give you the point – That's for the whole season? Yeah, that's for the season. Yeah. Um, that high. Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave it a 92%, and the audience gave it an 86%. Those critics are sucking the little I Disney. I nowhere oh. near that. No. I am giving the season an overall a 5.0. There were some good episodes, some poor episodes, and the ending I thought was wretched, except for the actual part with Kang where they explain what's going to happen. Right. I loved how they did that little piece of it. Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston, when they were on the screen, they made the show. I mean, that was the extent of of what I thought was great about the show. Anyway, I'm giving it a 5.0 for the whole season, and I'm very indifferent about season two right now. No, I mean, I'm giving it a 7.0 for the whole season just because I, I didn't mind the previous episodes. I kind of enjoyed it. It was just that last episode with all that just that room of them talking and stuff was just killer, but I'll give it a seven Oh, and I, I do think it's going to lead into the multiverse of madness. Um, and then that'll probably end with something that'll maybe lead in for season two of this. 
I don't know if season two will be out next year, though. That's the funny thing. Well, because of just timing when it comes to shooting stuff. The the one good news that I'm taking out of this is what if the series is coming out? Now, you all know I'm a huge fan of the what if comic books, all the series. I, I just love it. I love the whole concept behind it. I love that they're one shot issues. My original take was, well, these are just going to be one shot. I'm going to watch it because I love them. Right. However, being the fact that now these what ifs are all going to be theoretically designed because of different timelines, different universes. This at least sets up the fact that what if could have meaning that these what ifs might not just oh. be worthless or just fun little standalones. There actually could be meaning and consequences behind them. I haven't watched any Loki. I mean, you know, if you have Disney Plus, go it doesn't ahead and cost watch you it. anything other right. than if six hours of If, if you life. don't have Disney Plus, then, you know, skip it. Um, what if is the best? I hope they do it well. I think the animation looks cool. So. It does. I am crossing my fingers. That right now is going to be my hope for my favorite of the shows that, that have been announced. And I, again, I'll wait for Armor Wars when that comes up because I really want right. that to be good. Well, actually, I'm kind of looking forward to Hawkeye. Yeah, well, if Hawkeye, so this is going you know, to go back to Black girl, Widow. her face from Black Widow, um, the new Widow. I can't remember the actual Yeah, Yelena. Yeah, Yelena. she... Uh, Going by IMDb, she's in every episode of Hawkeye. Yes. So my hope is since the Black Widow movie screwed us over by understanding Budapest because they didn't show us shit from Budapest, my hope is Hawkeye, the TV show, the series, will give us what the movie did not. And that would be the answers to what happened in Budapest. But it would have to be done through flashbacks because if she's in it, I don't know, We'll find out. I'll give it a chance because I do like Hawkeye. Yeah, totally. All right. Now for the good news of the episode. If you guys are unaware, if you like horror movies, Fear Street. Netflix has a trilogy of movies that came out basically simultaneously. Well, they came out a week apart. A week apart. Basically simultaneously. Not really. Starts with 1994, goes to 1978, and then 1666. Oh, you got it right. Oh, week. I always get All it right. week, he's gone, and then it goes to 1866. And I'm like, Dennis. Seriously? It's 1666 because of the 1666. Where's your mirror? Where's your mirror? Okay, it was me. He's as bad with dates as he is with names. Everything. <laughs> My memory sucks. Um, cocaine is bad. No, I never saw it. Um, even though I do have a big nose and it would have went right up there. Yeah, he doesn't snort it. He just puts it around his margarita glass. That's right. Um, yeah, so I introduced, I, I actually told Dennis about this. I watched the first one and I wasn't really going to watch it. I saw the trailers leading up to it and I was just like, eh, I don't really care. Plus the, the whole concept of going backwards. I was just like, I don't know. Yeah, I probably won't watch it. And then, you know, this first one dropped. Nothing else was on. So I watched it. And I was like, holy shit. That was really freaking good. It has the feel of, uh, to me, it kind of had the feel of a good old classic Friday the 13th movie. See, and for me, it was Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yeah. I I had the feeling of, minus the Freddy Krueger, but it was Nightmare on Elm Street-ish. Right, right, right. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I can get that. But the storyline for the first one is, and it's a very simple plot, of course, 
A circle of teenage friends accidentally encounters the ancient evil responsible for a series of brutal murders that have plagued their town for over 300 years. Welcome to Shadyside. Shadyside. Well, now, that sounds like a typical hack slash kind of film, and in some ways it is. But, man, the, it's fun. This is a it's, gory, it's, well, fun Well, that's just movie. it. It's fun. It is a horror movie, but... But is it? Because I didn't. Re- it's like it's not really horror. It's not really horror because there's not there's not really jump scares or anything. Right. It is gory. I mean, look. I was telling Dennis, dude, when you watch this, some of the some of the killing that they show in the movie and they do, they're like, yeah, we need to take it up a notch. This ain't 1976, Friday the Thirteenth. We need to take this shit up a notch, and they right. did. Right. My wife watched it with me, and, and she's not into, like, Halloween, Friday the 13th. She'll watch them once in a while. She was hooked. And she goes, oh. And I'm like, really? But it also you actually like this. It also wasn't uh, uh, one of the horror comedies, like, uh, that have come out lately. Right. You know what I mean? It's definitely a drama. Yes. But it def- yeah, it's more suspense than it is horror. And it's funny. When I tell my daughter that, she's like, it's the same thing, Dad. And I'm like, it's, it's not. not. Suspense and horror are two different things. Uh, I'm going to have to check. Your, you do need yeah. to check it out. And the good thing is they're all out. So if you've got seven hours to kill, you can literally watch them back to back on Netflix because they'll yep. just queue up the next one, whereas I had to wait week to week. Yeah. Um, now, the funny thing is this is actually based on uh, R.L. R. Stein's books. And, of course, even my daughter was like, you mean Goosebumps? Oh, no, this is not Goosebumps. Um, and it's actually funny. In, in in the first movie, they go into this bookstore, and you see all of these books that are on the shelves, and then you see everything is Robert Lawrence, Robert Lawrence. That's R.L. Stein's real name, so it's kind of funny. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know so that. they actually gave him like credit right into the bookstore because it was all the uh, Robert Lawrence books and stuff like that. But, you know, it's it's about a high school group of kids, and you're going to enjoy getting to see them. You know, the as with all Netflix. Awesome. Yeah, she is. As with all Netflix, they've got boxes that they have to check. You know, do right. we have our LBGDQ? Yes. Do we have some, um, you know, uh, interracial bad things happen. Yes, you know, go through. They've got their little check boxes because if it's on Netflix, they have to. As long as you can get past that, this is a kind of a fun and intriguing story. So the first one, then we jump back to 1978. And 1978 takes place at a summer camp, you know, a camp for teenagers and little kids. You know, I, I'd say age range from like, uh, what, 10 is the youngest, probably, 10 yep. or 11, you know, up to 16, 17 years old, camp counselors, probably 18. Um, so they are definitely working more of a, that one definitely is more of a Friday the 13th feel to it with the killer. It so obviously works in with the with the mystical stuff and uh, the, the whole uh, story of the witch, basically. That it's kind of awakened and, and possesses yeah. people. So the storyline in, in the second one is, again, it's very simple. Shadyside, 1978. School's out for the summer and activities at Camp Nightwing, uh, maybe a nod to Batman, I are about to begin 
But when another shady uh, cider is possessed with the urge to kill, the sun and the fun becomes a gruesome fight for survival. Again, it feels just like you said, Friday the 13th. It feels like Friday the 13th, yeah. But there's so much more to it. There's depth in it and the story. They do such a good job. You find out, yeah, it's not nearly as simple as what we think it is. Right. And they unlock each one unlocks more pieces. And even though each movie goes back to a different, you know, it goes from 94 to 78. I mean, that's 16 years right there into the past. And you're like, how are they going to do this? But they do. They keep like peeling back layers of like an onion. And then in, in the last one, 1666. Right, because this actually is a different set of characters because right. it's like their parents. So you can see what happens from that generation. Uh, that well, happens. there's a, yeah. Because Jillian, uh, Gillian, Jillian Jacobs is in it. Right. And you're looking at her going, is that? She looks totally, she's not a redhead. I'm like, what? She's got brown? No. Oh, yeah, it is. It's her from Community. And I'm like, whoa, she's in this. And I've always kind of liked her from the community. Yeah. They, great actresses and actors that, that they got uh, playing in this one. Yeah. Now we go back to what year? 1666. We finally get to see the witch. The, and I say that with quotations. Uh, and, and you finally get basically the origin. And then what they did was, because this is where my confusion was, I was like, well, if this goes back to 1666 for the third one, what are they going to do to wrap up what happened in 94? And this isn't a, a spoiler because there's no story content with what I'm about to say, but halfway through, they wrap up the 1666 part and then go back to 1994 to wrap up. Because it fills in everything. Part. So it the storyline in that one is the origins of Sarah Fear's curse are finally revealed and the history comes full circle on a night that changes the life of Shady Siders forever. And it's true because we, we were sitting there, my wife and I were like, well, if this ramps up, how are they going to figure out what happens? Is there a fourth movie? And I'm like, no, there's no other movies. Right. I'm confused. So right. I'm like, I don't know. Oh, part two. They wrap it up. They bring it around full circle. They tell it in an enjoyable, gory, but a very enjoyable, well thought out, you know, story. Some of the things they do are a little wonky, but they presented this was well, a good and, overall and the other thing they did too was they took pretty much all the main actors from 1994 the first one all the main actors from 1978 and they had them play different characters in 1666 right and, so and you the got to see the actors the storyline at the origins going in 16 because we're thinking salem witch trials stuff right. like that and they, they put that in there, but you're right. All of those characters, they bring together as different entities, you know, different characters right. and stuff in there. And it works. It, it, it totally just, does. it totally works. Yeah. Well, the basic gist is the main character, uh, what was her name? Sarah? Yeah. The main character, Sarah, from the first movie, basically, you know, through magic, whatever you want to call it, relives what happens to the witch in 1666 and she sees it all through her eyes so when they cut back to 1994 she has the full story now of what happened in her head so she can kind of figure out what to do to stop everything bad that's happening in shady side yep 
I am. Uh, we're going to wrap it up with their CGC grades. I, again, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The characters are believable. Um, the storyline is well thought out. It's fun. Um, you you got to have a stomach for some some good saw type horror and grossness and grotesque. Love it. As long as you can get through that, um, it's enjoyable. The characters are relatable. You kind of root for some and and wish pain on the others. Um, I'm giving this the series, and I'm just going to put it, lump them together because if you're going to watch it, you're going to watch. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and you have to. Um, I'm giving it an 8.5. I, I thought it was very well done. Not what I was expecting from an R.L. Stein type of a, a thriller, but 8.5. I, I I would probably watch this again That's solid because in the future. I was going to say a 9.0, or I am going to say a 9.0. I think it's. I thought it, it it was so beyond my expectations going in, you know, because I was like, all right, it's going to be some slasher, you know, horror movie that obviously, whatever the threat is, obviously originates in 1666, so they're just telling it backwards. Um, and but it was so much more than that. Yeah. And the characters, like Dennis said, you know, the lead character Sarah, you really became you you came to really like her character. And, uh, you know, she did have a nice little growth spurt as a character through the movie. Um, and then other characters that you began to like as it went on and they fleshed out the story more, you became not, you know, you were like, nope, I don't like this person anymore. Or and, do you? That's just yeah, it. It always kind of makes you wondering. So you're, you're always yeah. guessing. So it's, it's fun. Watch it. Let us know what you guys think. Maybe you like it. Maybe you won't. I don't know if it's your type of a genre. Um, tomato meter. We. I'm, I'm on the sixteen sixty six one. The critics loved it at ninety three, and the audience gave it an eighty two. So they're yeah. they're kind of right in there with us. Um, the first one was solid, but it gets better. So I, I will say the first one was my least favorite, but it was good enough where it made me want to see the second one. Um, uh, that's a good question. What was my least favorite? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I never, I, I never gave it any thought until you said that. Like, which would be your least favorite if you had to rank them? Uh, I did think, I did think sixteen sixty six was the best one. I guess, I guess I'm kind of right there with you because I liked sixteen sixty six the best, and then I did like nineteen seventy eight second best. But I don't, need, so I don't want to rank them though because I don't want to put down. The first one because it was good right like if it was just if if they tied everything up at the end of the first one i would have been content with it as a standalone horror movie right, right. you know you know how i like to to when i critique things it's because it's usually typical in a movie act one act two right. act three right movie one is act one right. it was solid it yeah. was i i gave it a six five maybe a seven yeah. Act two was better. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I gave that about a seven and a half, eight. And then act three, you know, I actually would go eight, five to a nine, maybe, maybe a nine, two. And altogether, that's why I came up with an eight, five. Yeah. It got better. So watch it, see what you guys think. Let us know. Maybe you agree with us. Maybe you don't. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I never thought about looking at it like that. Um, let's do this, guys. Uh, we are closing out the show with Andy Smith's That's Me, First Man 2 Learning Curve, 
It's my new graphic novel continuing the adventures of Luke Henry as first man as he learns to become the hero he needs to be uh, and juggling college life while living at home with mommy and daddy that also know that he is a superhero. And it doesn't matter that he's a seven feet tall buff dude. Dad still smacks him around. Here we have a page where dad's, you know, just trimming some bushes, doing that dad type of work. Luke Henry, first man comes home. He's like, dad, I got that for you, boss. Lights the bushes on fire. Dad's like, oh, come on, man. Seriously? Get out of here. Go to your room. Some PB&J action. That's right. It doesn't matter that he's seven feet tall like that. He transforms back, goes in. If you like the humor of Spider-Man, if you like the Silver Age stories of Captain Marvel with cosmic stuff, if you like uh, Shazam, this is the type of book for you. 64-page, square-bound graphic novel. Back it today. We've already met the first stretch goal. Oh, look at that Bart Sears variant cover. Bart always comes through for me. Um, you got the parody ad is back. I love doing the parody ads. It's good. <laughs> um, head sketch tier, full figure tier. You can get the program book again. Unlock the first stretch goal for an oversized four by six uh, trading card. So definitely check it out. Uh, take care, everyone. Andy, see you on Graham later. I will see you later tonight, buddy. Um, so check it out, guys. It's because of you and your support that we can get these projects out to you directly to your hands. So please check it out. And, uh, you know, we hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, oh, what's that? so nice of that is so nice just wow i mean just really wow i mean so nice of you guys to enjoy the show that much um we love you guys we love entertaining we will not be doing a show friday friday we are driving to savannah georgia for a two-day convention uh i'm a guest at the show dennis is coming with me we're setting up our dennis nandy show banner I'm setting up my number banner that you guys see on my morning show. We're crossing our fingers. We have good internet where we can do some live streaming yep. for the convention. So let's hope. Yep. So we're hoping to live stream from Savannah, Georgia this weekend. We will see you guys later. And uh, thank you again for joining. Until next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>